So in a way, it's really a military regime, just thinly disguised. And in fact, in our case, that even those disguises, I think, are falling apart because you, you realize that uh, any problem that surfaces in Uganda, they bring in a military officer to deal with it. Uh, we have, of course, challenges of unemployment, as I have said, and uh, the economy not functioning well. Museveni appointed his brother, General Saleh, as the in charge of wealth creation. There was a challenge of uh, registering citizens. Uh -huh. He appointed uh, a colonel. To Can you allow me to take you back to electoral justice? Because you've suffered through it. You've seen what happens. You've seen um, how it can, it can end up that voting is just a waste of time. So is civil society doing anything about it? Um, is your party engaging? Are there any, any initiatives going on to try to oh, sort yeah. that out? Because oh, yes. oh, we need yes. to learn from each oh, other yes. there as is, countries. Uh, there is an, as I said, there is an intense struggle underway and a struggle from very different fronts and, uh, and, and actors. Uh, but all of them focused on empowerment of citizens, okay. having active, empowered citizens that then can influence what happens in the country, can influence who leads the country, can influence how the country is led, can influence how the resources are prioritized in the country. Now, in this uh, struggle, therefore, you have political actors who are now functioning in the existing political parties, yes. although, as I have pointed out, the task underhand is not a partisan one. It's a struggle for re-empowerment of citizens. But since those spaces within political parties have been allowed within the law, mm -hmm. they offer an opportunity to organize. Okay. And so some people are organizing within political parties. Other people are organizing within civil society arrangements. Uh, some are organizing uh, through cultural institutions, okay. some are organizing through any form of uh, opportunity that allows people to organize, but organize focused on challenging the monopoly of power by a few people and uh, the use of coercive instruments to do so. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, so let's talk about, uh, like you talked about the economy and how things are not right. and. Uh, one of the things that's been happening in relation to that has been the issue of debt, whereby at some point the government said that it was able to finance up to about 67% of the budget. But then later it turned out that actually it was up to only about 40-something 40, 40 percent. Um, and so in relation to these questions about the sustainability of this have been coming out in terms of how sustainable will it be to just keep on taking loans, especially in many African countries, debt has been related to misuse really by the regimes, misuse of, of national money. And then also, what are the implications of this on Uganda's sovereignty, um, looking at situations where, um, where national, where national um, resources have been, have been, have been uh, taken up by, for example, by China, like we've seen happen in Zambia and in Sri Lanka. Well, first of all, I must say that um, our financial institutions and, you know, the government systems are not transparent. And in this situation, it's very difficult to know accurately the level of debt that our country actually is grappling with now. And that's why there have been indeed 
there are differences in the kinds of figures that are quoted. Yeah. But having said that, I think there are two aspects to the debt question. The first one is the effect of a high level of debt. And we are talking about both external and domestic debt. Uh, the effect of that on growth. And it has been crippling, especially the level of uh, domestic debt has been quite crippling because uh, the government being the biggest borrower in the economy crowds out uh, the uh, citizens uh, from getting credit themselves that they can use to produce. Yeah.